Today's episode of InVibe Life Conversations podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's very individualized on like which, what foods truly inflame you and what foods don't. And like I've gotten foods that are like turmeric and salmon are very inflammatory to one person, which is supposed to be like the most anti-inflammatory right. food in the world. And it's fine for others. So I love being able to kind of individualize that and get people to like, whoa, like, yeah, I actually do feel kind of inflamed after I eat a blueberry. And not saying that blueberries are bad. They're totally fine. You can grow them. You can eat them. Um, but for that individual person, it's not, um, but I would say the biggest two foods that most, almost all 99% of people feel best without are dairy and wheat. Welcome to in vibe life conversations with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. By tuning in, you are joining a community that will inspire you to increase balance, wellness, and joy in your life. We'll offer expert information and insightful conversations to help us on our journey to live more in vibe. For more information and articles, remember to also check out our website at invibelife.com. That's E-N-V-I-B-E-L-I-F-E.com. We're grateful that you're here. Welcome to InVibe Life Conversations with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. Today we have Lahana Vigliano with Nuva True Wellness, and she's going to tell us a little bit about the programs that she offers and how we can adjust our hormones through our gut, I think. Is that what we're going to get a little here? Well, and also make sure yes. you tell us if we just pronounced your name correctly. <laughs> you, you did. You pronounced Yay. my name correctly. Claps for that. We it's worked Nuvitru, on it. though. The, the business is Nuvitru. New you were close. Be true. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We practiced your name and never understood that we were getting the business name wrong. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it's the whole point. It's I'm there to trick you. So tell um, us how you got into this. Yes. Thank you ladies for having me on. Um, I'm Lahana Vigliano. I'm a certified clinical nutritionist. Um, I got started in this because I was actually I'm a pre-med student. Um, so ever since I was like five, I had this like obsession with the body and helping people. So I always knew I wanted to be a doctor um, was, you know, that's what I thought. Um, and so I stuck with that like my whole life. Um, I became a mom pretty young. I was 18 when I had my son. Um, and so I felt like my, my viewpoints and everything started shifting um, because I wanted to obviously be able to be a flexible mom. Um, but then being in like all the pre-med courses. Um, I remember pharmacology and immunology and uh, it was strictly pharmacology that I, what we were being taught of this is the issue and this is the pill for the issue really left me uneasy. Um, so it was slight half of like, okay, I know being a doctor isn't as flexible. So I was kind of already one foot in one foot out. And then the other half was when that was just the solution. I was like, never mind. I'm totally two feet out. What can I do? And we were, 
I don't want to say forced, but we kind of were to take one nutrition class and I took it and I liked it. Um, but it wasn't until I started doing my own research that I found, um, other practitioners that I look up to now, functional medicine doctors and other dietitians and nutritionists that I really started to see that like food as medicine concepts come to life. Um, because I think a lot of people that think of dietitians, nutritionists, they just think weight loss, like, Oh, that's the only thing that you, that you see with them, but that's not the case at all. And so I made the switch and, um, I remember taking a year off because, I was a young mom and I was working full time and going to school full time. I just wanted one year when we had our daughter to just stay at home and like really like be in that. And so then after that, I started getting itchy and I was like, what are we doing? How am I putting my degree to work? Um, and that's when I started Vitru, which was, I guess, five or six years. I don't know. You guys know time just flies by in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what brought me to where I am at today. That's a great story. You know what I love about that story? Um, besides, it feels like you were really following your passion. And, yeah. you know, when you're 12 years old, you don't know all the options out there for you. You just knew somewhere in the path you wanted. But then as you started going along, we always talk about listening to the whispers. You really listen to the whispers at a young age. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, good for you. I'm, a, I'm an old soul. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, clearly. <laughs> I grew, up, yeah. I, I grew up definitely a lot quicker. Um, I like did all the things probably sooner. So like, obviously by the time I was in high school, I'm like, let's have a baby. Let's, let's throw <laughs> one in there. My, my husband was just as crazy with me at the time, obviously. <laughs> right. Right. So tell us exactly what is Nuvatru. And if someone came to see you, you know, what are, what are the typical reasons why someone would want to see you and what would be your typical solution? Yeah. Um, so we are a food as medicine um, approach to hormones and digestive issues. And um, we are a team. It's not just me. Um, we have a team of dietitians um, all around Austin. And our long-term goal is actually we're setting everything up to be a franchise. So we plan to be all over the U.S. eventually. Um, and so when women come to us, most women come to us with symptoms, not so much um, issues. Some of them know, like I have hypothyroidism, I have PCOS, I have this, this, this. And some people are just like, I just don't feel well. Um, yeah. I don't feel like myself. Um, I, a lot of women come to us for weight loss, but I always have to kind of shift that perspective of weight loss is actually a symptom. There's something more going on. So if you're having trouble losing weight, there's it's hormones, it's gut, it's, it's something. So, um, Headaches. Do you do you only see women or do you have men as clients also? I actually have men as clients. Um, not I can probably count on one hand how many men men clients I have, but I will say men clients have always surprised me. You know, I always think that they'd be harder to get through. Um, I you know, I just naturally connect women to women a little better. But I swear some of my male clients just like they listen and they are like some of the best stories that I have. <laughs> yeah. But Mostly, mostly women, um, but fatigue, uh, bloating. I mean, honestly, so many symptoms, achy joints, all that stuff. So, and every approach is really different. So we don't have like, okay, you come to us and we're going through step one and two and three. 
we really look at you as the whole person. So diet is obviously very important and the biggest part, but we look at stress levels. We look at your exercise. Um, we look at your environment in the sense of environmental toxins, like what are you using for cleaning and beauty? And cause all these things really change your health. So every approach is so different. And I think that's what I love so much about it is because it's different. Like every day, every client, it doesn't get boring. Um, some, some people are uh, like really challenging, which I love. And then some people are just like, oh, I totally know what's going on. It's very straightforward. Let's tackle it. Um, but we usually just start with diet first and really customizing it to that person. So it's not the same thing. We don't, we're not keto. We're not everyone's intermittent fasting. We're not low carb. Everyone, everyone's truly different. So we start there first and then we'll just slowly peel, unpeel the layers of your environment and stress and all that stuff and how that comes to I love what you're struggling with. Is there any lab work though, or do you keep a food journal or do lab work? Yeah, we do do lab work. And um, I think that's what makes us really different because a lot of the labs that we do, you actually cannot get from your conventional doctor, traditional doctor, unless you're working with someone in functional medicine, uh-huh. um, you probably won't be able to find the lab work we do because it's not covered by insurance. Um, and a lot of it is the act, it helps us see that big picture. So we're doing like stool testing. Um, so we're looking at your microbiome. This isn't like the stool test that your doctor runs where they can't see parasites. We're looking at yeast, bacteria, not food poisoning bacteria. I'm talking like your probiotics, your good and bad, um, yeast, uh, digestive markers, inflammation markers, like really understanding how your microbiome is. Um, our hormone testing is a dried urine. So most women are used to getting hormones checked in their blood. But what this can show is not only the amounts of like progesterone and estrogen and testosterone, it can also show how your body is metabolizing and using that hormone through the body. So I like, I like to give this example because a lot of women don't even know about it. Um, when we get our hormones tested or estrogen tested, most of us know it's like estradiol E2, but there's three, like three different estrogens, E1, E2, E3. So urine testing tests all three. But not only does it test that, it tests the way your body's using the estrogen and there's different pathways estrogen can go down. It can go down a 2-OH pathway, which is called the protective pathway. Um, it's, it protects us from breast cancers and you know hormone dominant cancers. And then there's a pathway called the 4-OH pathway, which is really dangerous and actually causes DNA damage. What's really interesting about this is you could have perfect estrogen levels and you could walk out of your doctor's office and be like, I'm, I'm awesome. My hormones are great, but you could actually be favoring the more dangerous DNA damaging pathway. And little do you know, you are still at such a high increased risk of like breast cancers and things like that. Wow. So the dried urine hormone test is amazing. Not only does it test sex hormones, it tests your adrenals, which is our stress hormone. Um, a lot of women who are struggling Time with infertility. Yes. This is awesome information. Do it. I, I, I don't have any like hormonal issues per se, but I do mine minimum once a year. Yes. It is about almost $400. once a year, just get it tested. It's not bad. It's, it's not bad. Um, and you can't, let's say your hormones are perfect. It gives you a peace of mind of like, I'm doing everything in my power that I know I can to possibly prevent future things of like breast cancer and things that are really detrimental. So 
I mean, just to go down this rabbit hole a little bit further, yeah. so what you're saying is even if there's a genetic disposition to one of those conditions or cancers, you can affect it or, you know, use epigenetics to affect um, how it presents or doesn't present. Yes. And I, I love that you even know that term. <laughs> You're an inbound life here. <laughs> is on epigenetics. <laughs> I love I it. Stretch, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it because it truly is like a lot. A lot of women turn to, oh, it just runs in my family. Oh, it's just in my genes. But yes, your gun is loaded, but does it, that does not mean your trigger is going to be pulled. And that's just a lot where that diet and lifestyle come in. Um, and so, yeah, these tests really dive deep into it. Um, and I would say, unfortunate, it's really unfortunate. We are usually the last person people see people sit, they come to us and say, we've tried everything. We've seen every doctor we've tried all the best. I mean, we're going to Houston and getting the best of the best and nothing's figured out. And like, now let me look into my diet and lifestyle. And I'm like, if you yes. only came sooner. Right. The thing is, it's what we don't want to hear. Well, <laughs> it, it's so hard. It's a little bit more work to, to take yeah. that mm-hmm. control of your life. You know, yeah. it's a little bit more work where the magic pill would be awesome to take. Yeah. Everybody yes. would love the magic pill, but it doesn't exist. I know. It's scary. I, I feel like insurance too is a huge blocker because a, a huge blocker. Right. Like I, we pay for insurance through my husband's company. Um, so we get regular insurance, but honestly, we don't use it. We save it for like breaking legs and car accidents, you know, something crazy, but we almost always pay out of pocket for all of our services that we do because unfortunately insurance doesn't cover the good stuff. It doesn't cover (laughs) most preventative medicine. And that's really what the path you want to take with your healthcare. Who wants to fix something after it's broken? You want to try and prevent it from being broken. Not that we can always mm-hmm. do that. No. Yeah. And, and right. you know, we, we do, we do think that Western medicine has its place. We've had this oh, conversation before. Cheryl's husband I, yeah. is a physical therapist and they own a physical therapy clinic that does not take nice. insurance. It's a holistic approach. Nice. And we had this conversation with him too, about how bizarre it is to me. And I know when I have tried to recommend people to more holistic practices, they find it scary. And yeah. like, you are not scared to put that chemical in your body, right. but you're scared to try the thing that it may or may not help you, but probably can't hurt you. It is surprising. It's surprising. And it's, priorities too. I kind of hate saying that because I don't want people to feel bad, but I mean, the, um, the vacations and the trips and all these things that honestly, not even just trips, like things that we just buy, like the newest iPhone or whatever it is. And I'm for it. I'm bougie AF. My husband knows (laughs) I am bougie. So I understand. Um, I, I feel bad for him. Um, I don't travel a lot, but when I do, it has to be right. Um, and so I understand and I appreciate that, but there has to be a higher level of like health priority instead of just waiting like, oh, if, and when I get diagnosed with something, I'll deal with it then when there's so much that could be done beforehand. Um, and my personal experience too, is I had asthma when I was younger, um, and it went away for, my majority of my adult life. 
And it wasn't until we moved to Texas like three years ago that I actually started reacting to my allergens of being cat, dog, and dust, um, really reacting in the way of like asthma. And so I wanted to dive deeper into this. I I wasn't going to settle. I went to the allergist and all these people are like, oh, you're going to have to do immunotherapy and which is, you know, I looked into it. It doesn't sound as bad. I understand the theory behind it, but I was just like, but I want to know more. Like there's, there's a reason my body is reacting this way and it's never reacted this way. And I did our urinary testing for mycotoxins, which are mold produced toxins. And I found out that I had mold overgrowth in me. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I feel like people need that, like unsettling feeling of like, let me dig, like, let's not make this normal. Like, oh, I have diabetes. Oh, I have asthma. Oh, I have all this stuff. Like why? keep like asking why and figure it out until figure it out. (laughs) And if we could more and more get that message that you're sharing out, that even if you have genetics aren't dispositive. I mean, I think we have this notion that if you have some genetic code that, all right, it's just going to happen and there's nothing I can do about it. And I think people would feel empowered if they realized that more and more that. You yeah. Can I think affect. people are shocked mm-hmm. when yes. I, I'll sometimes say, you know, that's only 10% of the story. Yes. You know, yes. So-and-so had this or so-and-so had that. Yes. My whole family has high blood pressure, but that's only mm-hmm. 10% of my story. The other 90% I have control over. Yes. You know? And even even with genetics, um, with that, a lot of us are grown obviously in the environment of our parents. Let's say like my mom and dad had high blood pressure. I like that example. And then you have to realize that a lot of, I don't know, mindset, like mental, physical, so many habits that came from that environment that honestly could be driving that high blood pressure and not even genetics. So I feel like people don't look at that aspect too. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So in talking about all of this, um, it's great if you're young enough to proactively start this testing. What if you're in your forties or fifties or sixties or seventies, can you still have a positive effect? Yes, for sure. It's never too late. Obviously I wish we could somehow stop mother nature and not menopause. Yeah. At all. yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> As I pull my skin back up. <laughs> but um, you can still have a positive effect um, no matter where you're at in your age. Um, Cause there's still so many things. And as we age, things start changing, not even just hormones, but our digestive system gets a little bit slower. We're not able to digest our, or and absorb our nutrients very well, very normal process. So we do have to tweak, uh, I would say more than every decade, but at least every decade and just shift things, which is why some women, um, thrive on like a low carb diet. Um, but that's not going to be forever. And then eventually they could, they will feel better on like a higher carb or moderate, you know? So it's very different. And I think that we need to realize that our health comes in seasons and we need to be flexible to change that. That, oh, is that is such an important so message. Good. Yeah. Yes, that is so it good. It is. My sis, so my sister is 10 years older than I am. And we were just having a similar conversation on Thanksgiving with her two daughters-in-law that, you know, yeah, when I hit 30, my weight situation changed 40 again. Yep. Now at 50 again, it's just, it's been a story that I can almost look at 
the birth year markers and see the difference yeah. in what I've had to deal with. And so, yeah, that's another thing. I don't think a lot of women know that. And I feel like some women, um, you know, we, you know, friends or even patients you have just like you get to 40 and I've fallen victim to this and think, oh, I just need to work out more. Oh my gosh. I just need to put more hours into it or spin class at six in the morning. And then you also create a situation where you have stress hormones coming into your body, pulling you into that cycle of not feeling better or losing weight. But the other side of that story too, is some people are like, oh, I'm this age and this is just what happens. I I don't believe that either. So what do you think of that? I don't, because I remember in Florida going into this gym and this lady, I'm pretty sure she was in her eighties and she looked better than me. (laughs) And I, that's like, at that moment, I was just like, yeah, age doesn't define you. Yes. There's certain things that just aren't working as well anymore, but that doesn't mean that that's going to like hold you back or stop you from how you want to look, how you want to feel. Um, that's funny with, and as obviously women, we truly go on a roller coaster from like reproductive, like reproductive cycle. Um, and that in general, every month is a, a roller coaster, but then we transition into that menopause, like perimenopause and then menopause. And one thing that I, that a lot of women don't know is that the little amount of hormones that we do make, cause we do still make just a little bit um, when our ovaries shut down and it comes from our adrenals. So really supporting and nourishing our adrenals is so big for menopause. Um, it's one of the biggest focuses that we should have. So like you said, we shouldn't be exercising our head off, you know, cause it's really yeah. just makes things worse oh, if great. you're stressed out. Oh, great. <laughs> That's my go-to stress. I got to go run, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about food as medicine. That's your, that's your sort of motto food as medicine. And that's your approach. So tell us about some foods we ought to be adding to our diet, or I don't know, maybe it's even better to start with, are there some foods out there we should all avoid? So the, I keep it, I like to keep it simple. It's like the foods you should be eating. If you can answer these two questions, you can eat it. Well, and then even that's kind of more individualized, but for a broad perspective, if you can kill it or can you grow it? And if you can answer those two questions, it's probably an actual food. Um, cause goldfish and Doritos, like technically not a food. I hate to say it. Um, so can you grow can it or can you, you kill brownies, it? Brownies, Cheryl? I don't know. <laughs> I was about to say, you just eliminated my whole diet. <laughs> or if you are, let's say a baked good, can uh-huh. you grow or kill, yeah, I guess, your ingredients, yeah. right? Um, and then even further from there, diet's so individualized. Um, and we do food sensitivity testing. This is not your typical Facebook by food sensitivity testing. Um, this actually tests for your inflammatory mediators. So you're like cytokines or interleukins, like the actual markers that produce inflammation. So this test looks for which foods increase those markers. Other food sensitivity tests are just IgG testing, which is an immunoglobulin, but that doesn't actually correlate to a food sensitivity as the research says. So, um, and as I've been doing that test in so many people, it's so interesting to see like which foods produce inflammation in some people and which foods don't. And I would say the hardest I've seen that that produces inflammation in some people is black pepper because it's really? like in everything. Yes. 
It's like in everything, right? Like I like pepper. I put it on everything. (laughs) That's not, you could totally be fine with it, but like, it's very individualized on like what foods truly inflame you and what foods don't. And like, I've gotten foods that are like turmeric and salmon are very inflammatory to one person, which is supposed to be like the most anti-inflammatory food in the world. And it's fine for others. So I love being able to kind of individualize that and get people to like, whoa, like, yeah, I actually do feel kind of inflamed after I eat a blueberry and not saying that blueberries are bad. They're totally fine. You can grow them. You can eat them. Um, but for that individual person, it's not. Um, but I would say the biggest two foods that most, almost all 99% of people feel best without are dairy and wheat. And I know they're the ones that are like my diet too. the <laughs> best. So dairy is just an exogenous form of hormones. Um, not saying that you have to take, take it out all the way. Um, let's we're human. We're probably still going to dabble in a little bit of cheese because it does highlight our dopamine. So it highlights that reward center. It's, it's actually truly addictive. Um, but for the most part, a lot of people feel best without it. Um, not only is it a source of hormones, but it's a source of pesticides and, um, other environmental toxins, even if you get organic, it's still technically a source of hormones. But as we age, we actually lose lactase, which is an enzyme to break down lactose. So we actually lose that after childhood. So if that doesn't kind of naturally tell you when we should be weaning off dairy products, I don't know what does. That's just a natural evolution of losing that enzyme. And then with wheat, it's super controversial. I feel like there's like gluten-free diets are great and it's only for celiac or it's only if you're like sensitive, but there is a research article that came out. um, And I find that most people feel best without it. And I find that it's, helps you avoid processed foods more when you avoid wheat. But a study showed that no matter who you were, whether you had celiac, um, they took gluten sensitive patients, and then just the average person that doesn't have celiac or doesn't have a gluten sensitivity, it showed that no matter who you were, it made uh, consuming wheat made changes in the gut. And it opened up these tight junctions, um, that are in between your intestinal cells and it opened them up. And when you have opened up or chronically haven't opened up, um, you allow things in the body that shouldn't be there. So with that study, yeah, Mm -hmm. with that, with that study, it really brought to my like attention of like, look, even the person that doesn't have celiac or even doesn't have a sensitivity to it, it still opened up the gut. And if you think about it in the long term, if you consume it all the time, it's just constantly going to open that up, which a marker in our stool test, Sonulin, helps test for that. So we can kind of see like if you have intestinal permeability, which is like leaky gut. Mm-hmm. So what about eggs? Where do you put those in the like good for you, not good for you? You know, does that go with the dairy and the wheat kind of thing? No, it doesn't. It's great for you, but a lot of people do have problems with it actually. Um, but I think eggs are such a great source of protein, super complete. I love the protein and fat content in it, but it's very individualized. It's actually more of a common issue. Unfortunately, I hate it because it's such a good like source of protein, super easy in the morning and delicious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Will you talk a little bit about just kind of back up for not everyone understands the importance of gut health. 
So just kind of do the 101. Why is gut health important? What's it all about? We hear a lot about it. Do we understand it? Yeah, it's the foundation to everything. It's it, the fr- one of the first places that we are connecting with our out, outside environment because we're taking in food and as we eat it, it goes through our, our stomach and into our intestines. And it is where we absorb our nutrients, which is honestly the foundation to everything. Um, and nutritional deficiencies can harm every, everything you can think of from hormones to gut to weight loss, you name it. It plays a role. Obviously it's vital. They're nutrients. Um, but it's also where the majority of our immune system lie. And so anytime anyone struggles with autoimmune, which autoimmune cases are astronomical in this day and age, um, that is where the first focus needs to be because that's where 70% of our immune system is. So it's where everything truly starts. Um, and from there you have to like, that's where you start peeling back the onion layers. So even with women who want to come to me and they're having irregular cycles and they have Hashimoto's, which is like an autoimmune thyroid condition. When I like start talking about their poop, I'm like, well, tell me about like your poop. They're like, what? <laughs> like, why are I did not come to you for this? Why are we talking about it? Because it's where everything starts. Truly everything. So one thing you didn't mention, and I thought it was going to be the first thing out of your mouth was sugar. Oh, yes. You can grow it, right? (laughs) You can technically grow it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Actually, I feel like maybe I didn't say that because that's a common sense one. Right. Um, And everyone just kind of knows that it's not good. Um, And since most of it's in processed foods and you kind of can't answer most of the time, if you can grow it or kill it, like, you know, you can't grow or kill that chocolate cake. Um, they know to do it, but yeah, sugar is one. But well, if I'm being what, honest, I just listened to, you just did a podcast on sugar and I listened to insulin. It. Yeah. And it said that, let me see that sh- the receptors that process sugar are the same ones that process vitamin C. And so if they're having to compete, it can, suppress your immune system? Yes, they are. They use the same pathway, the same road going into the cell. And so if you are bombarding your body with a ton of sugar, your vitamin C isn't able to get inside the cell and do the work. Um, and I I, like, I've never heard it like that. So that caught my attention. Yes. And I love using that analogy for kids because right. We usually fill our kids up with not me, but uh, average American fills their kid up with like cereal. So a lot of sugar. And so they're sending them to school with like such a disadvantage of basic immunity. Oh yeah. That's a, it's a big deal. Especially during these times, right? Oh yes. Oh yes. And so then the last one, we don't want to hear about cover, talk to us about alcohol. Oh no. (laughs) I know. Um, And you know what? I feel like it's again, very individualized on how much you drink and it's where you're at in your journey. If you don't have any health issues and you feel pretty good and you can meet all your goals. Yes. I don't think consuming some alcohol every once in a while. Um, I wouldn't say daily is ideal, but even if it's like once a week or twice a week, if you're where, if you're at where you want to be, then I don't see any issue with it. Um, especially if it's like a cleaner source, like organic wine or things like potato vodka or something like that. But 
a lot of women should avoid it in my eyes, only because I see a lot of women who have issues who are struggling with stuff. Um, but the biggest thing that alcohol does is it actually aromatizes your testosterone. So it changes your testosterone into estrogen. So with that, that's where estrogen dominance can start playing a role. And then with estrogen dominance, I feel like you just feel like crap. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, outside the obvious of like, it's a a burden to your liver and all that stuff. I feel like people know that, but um, that's the biggest thing with hormones is that aromatization. Um, And so then we start having low testosterone, but having too much estrogen and then the balance is thrown off. That's fascinating. Everything really comes back to hormones, doesn't it? Yeah. Hormones in the gut. We keep going back to hormones in the gut. Yeah. And I would say some of the biggest foundational hormones to focus on too is like sugar and insulin. Um, And then sex hormones usually follow. So that's another thing women say like, okay, let's focus on my cycle. My cycle's off or I can't get pregnant we have to take a step back and we say, let's focus on the gut and let's see where your blood sugar and insulin is at. Um, Those are pretty foundational steps before we can ever even think about trying to balance sex hormones, which, you know, it's kill two birds with one stone. Once you start working on those things, the other things follow, but you just can't skip those two things in my eyes is your blood sugar and your gut health. So among friends I have who are, you know, approaching menopause, Two things I hear the most about, I think, are it gets increasingly hard to lose weight or you do gain more weight. And the other is sleep. Do you have any thoughts or tips or advice on sleep and what can be affecting that? And that's honestly just your progesterone and your estrogen is just declining, which it's it's totally a part of nature and we can't work against it. And I'm actually a supporter of bioidentical hormones. I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I don't prescribe, but there's amazing doctors around Austin or wherever you're at um, that you could probably find someone that would prescribe you bioidentical hormones. And that to me is like the long, long game that you'd want to do because you one, we can't increase again, can't fight nature. It's going to happen. Um, and that really protects us because estrogen, progesterone, that all plays a role in like weight loss and sleep and hot flashes and all these symptoms that you have. That's why you have the symptoms. Um, so bioidentical hormones will be your end game if you really are struggling with hormones, but it's also really protective of osteoporosis and cardiovascular disease. That's exactly why those issues increase when we get older is because our, we don't have any estrogen anymore. Estrogen is very protective of that. Um, but with sleep, I mean, there's black cohosh, which is a great supplement to help with, um, some symptoms like hot flashes. Um, but there's other vital things of like wearing blue blockers before you go to bed to make sure your melatonin is being produced, um, getting sunlight in the morning and in the evening, eating enough protein at dinner. Um, even using things I love, it's a sleep induction mat and it's basically just like a spiky things. It's like a mat of spiky things. So you lay on your back on it, or you can, I like stand on it and that helps um, stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system to get you to relax. It's as crazy as that sounds. It actually works. Yeah, that's totally yeah. Yeah. what we do at our physical therapy clinic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, yes. you got to work on that part of the system, uh, system to, yes. to promote healing, right? Yes. Oh, <laughs> it's my favorite like sleep pack. So there's things that you can improve, um, and do, but yeah, with menopause, 
bioidentical hormones is probably the long-term solution because we just cannot naturally make it anymore. That's a good tip out there too. Seek help. Yeah. Yes. Help out there. Seek mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, this has been great. Yeah. I mean, you've been very informative and, um, you know, eye opening, eye opening and just, you know, make it very eager to take better care of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our listeners, I'm sure are listening to that too. And with someone like you, you know, I think that it gives people a better picture of where they are today, what their goals can be and how they can get from point A to point B through someone's yes. help, through your help, you know? So how would someone reach out to you? Yeah. So, um, social media, Instagram is my favorite. If I had to choose one, um, it's the funnest, but our website at newbie true wellness and then social media at newbie true wellness. Um, and our process is, is that you go on our work with us page or our services page on our menu. And if you scroll all the way down, we're really transparent with our pricing, our packages, how we work. Um, cause we want to make sure that one, we're a good fit for you. I am not everyone's cup of tea. But I also have a team of dietitians too, if I'm not your cup of tea. Um, But (laughs) you fill out the form on that page and then that connects you to request a free call with me. 15 minutes, just kind of want to hear your story, what's going on, what you're struggling with, what your goals are. And then I can kind of say like, okay, this is the game plan. This is what I'm thinking would be best. These are the tests that would be best. If you have labs already done, um, because some basic labs can really be helpful, honestly. Um, and if there's any labs that can be covered by insurance, I will always tell you like, Hey, a full thyroid panel is usually covered by insurance. If you want to ask your GP for it, go ahead. Don't pay out of pocket more than what you have to. Um, and then just from there, we just get started. So whether it's two months, four months, six months, um, I say that most of our clients thrive in like that consistent, meeting and accountability versus we do have the option of like paying a session, um, like kind of like a doctor, you just pay as you need to. But a lot of women actually need that handholding approach. Like I do want to meet once a week. Um, I do want you to be looking at my food and by food journal, we start off with just taking a picture of your food in our app. So you're not like, it's not like my that fitness pal. So easy. Yeah. It's just like, take a picture. I just want to see what you're eating and how much, and they want that like support in between sessions too. So that's where our packages really shine. That and we'll, awesome. we'll link your sites on our show notes. Too, Perfect. So listeners can go and find that. And to end, we have a question we like to ask all of our podcast guests. And that's, you know, at Invibe Life, we're all about mind, body, and spirit balance and really believe it's best. If you try to bring that a little into each day, And so just wanted to see what you do to bring balance or even joy or fun into your day. Okay. Um, So like I said, I'm too bougie when I travel, so I don't travel often, So I'm a (laughs) homebody at heart. So um, my husband will joke with me. He's like, did you leave today? And I'm like, no, the car hasn't left in like three days. Um, But my favorite thing to just totally get me out of work mode school, I'm in grad school. So getting me out of school mode too is Netflixing <laughs> and Huluing. And my current obsession is Outlander. If you watch Outlander, you're officially my new best friend. <laughs> I've um, no, heard it's good. You know what? I, I watched season watch. one and I'm still in the middle of season two. I've heard the books are really good too. 
I, I haven't read the books. I just, for so long, I put it off because the, the setting that like, I don't like shows and movies and like the old days, like in the 1700s, which is where it's set in. So that always turned me off, but I started watching it and now like I'm on season five. I'm obsessed with it. So that is the one thing that I can do to actually turn off my brain and like escape to another world. I also like reading too. So anything like that, it's my jam. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's what, that's my new balance too. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to meditate? Yeah. <laughs> I do enough like working, working out, right. walking. That's kind of like my just Turns daily to do. It's yeah. like kind of just what I have to do. Um, yeah. So it's not something that I enjoy it, but man, I love escaping mentally into another I world. Love it. Yeah, that's yeah, so important. That's good. That's good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. And we're going to link all your stuff so that everybody can find you and seek your services because we all need it. Yeah. It's right? been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Invibe Live Conversations. For more information and to join our community, be sure to check out our website at invibelive.com. We look forward to sharing with you.